Kia ora and welcome to the Invisible Sensei Podcast. As always, I hope you are well wherever you're taking time to listen to this. And I want to say thank you for taking time to listen to this. What an odd way of talking I have. I want to talk today about, well I guess I want to do a reflection on someone who's been really integral to my development as a martial artist. And he recently passed away in the last two weeks. And his name is Patrick Toner. He's a prominent judo sensei here in New Zealand. And he was also a student of Masoyama. He also was a student of Aikido. He'd been close friends with Sensei Don Drager in Japan. He had been a member of the SAS in Britain, the Special Air Service. And yeah, he was a lot of things. So his funeral service was last Friday, but unfortunately I couldn't make it. And I was reflecting on who he was and what he did and why he was kind of, I guess, a larger-than-life figure in my own martial art development. And here's a strange thing. I never learned a single martial arts technique from him. Or maybe I did, in some way, shape or form. I first experienced or met him was, gosh, over, I would say, close to 25, 30 years ago. And how I met him was he owned a martial arts supply store. Is that what you call a martial arts equipment store called Made in Nippon here in Wellington, New Zealand? And I remember going as a kid, as a young man with not much money, and now as an older man with not much money, but going to this store called Made in Nippon. It was this little store kind of stuck way back in a in a corner street and you had to know what you were looking for to find it and I just remember the first time as a kid walking in and purchasing my first uniform my first gi and meeting the proprietor who was this white-haired Englishman who didn't talk a lot to be totally honest he was very shall we say he had a certain cogent brevity he did not mix words. Is, is it mix or mix? Let's say mix. He didn't mix words. He didn't spend a lot of time on long, boring conversations. And every time I went in there, he was reading a book or listening to something in Japanese. And I didn't think a lot about him, to be totally honest. And and that sounds kind of rude to say. I guess I just saw him at that time, especially as a kid. You don't take much notice of things which are outside of yourself. <laughs> I was a teenager, or I was a young teenager, and um, very much about myself as teenagers I want to be. And over the years, I would go to that store, that shop, and I would purchase gear, and I would p- purchase different kind of kubudo weapons, books, DVDs, videos, when videos were a thing. Anything and everything, and a whole lot of knickknacks and over gosh a course of 30 years 
I started to realise who this elderly gentleman was behind the desk. He was in fact one of the people who was a doyen of martial arts in New Zealand. He had trained at the Kordakan. He was, as I said in the beginning of this, a member of the Special Air Service in the UK and uh, lived in Japan for long periods of time. His flatmate, or someone that he shared an apartment with and was friends with, was Sensei Don Drager. Now, if you don't know who Sensei Don Drager is, get thee to a library and find out who he was. He was an incredible martial artist, but more than that, he was a, a historian and someone who was what I would term a groundbreaker. And I've read a great deal of his books and I really recommend, if you are really serious about martial arts, Sensei Don Drager, amazing author and martial artist, but I digress. And I started to hear from senior sensei of mine about this gentleman, Patrick Toner, and how he was just an absolute monster on the mat. And... So I used to spend a little bit of time at the shop as, as the years went by, and particularly in the last, I guess, 10 years, actually having conversations, striking up conversations. I guess when you spend a certain amount of time in a place and the proprietor gets to know that uh, hey, your check's clear and you're most likely to buy something, that it does make them a little more amenable to you. Since Otona struck me as someone who didn't spend a lot of time talking a lot of bullshit, for want of a better term. But according to my senior sensei, he was also an extremely hard trainer. He would train, he had this legendary New Year's Day training. Uh, he trained on Christmas. He was old school. And he was a legendary because decades and decades ago, the Japanese team, turned up in Wellington to sort of see how these New Zealanders did and Tony Sensei was the only person to win by Ippon on these gentlemen. So a very wily coyote. He was a family man and I had the honour and privilege of seeing him interact with his many grandchildren, both him and his wife. And, you know, last Friday I was kind of sitting back and thinking about what is it that made the biggest impression on me. I think for Sensei Tona, the thing which most impressed me was that he never stopped. He never stopped being involved. Even as he got older and there was health issues, he continued to train. He continued to be present. And I find myself now as I sort of sit back, as I say, I never actually trained with a man, but I think I learned a little bit about his example, and, and I'm definitely going to take that forward in my life. I was privileged enough to be asked to be the karate instructor for the Budokan Dojo here in Wellington. There's judo, jiu-jitsu, uh, aikido, kudo, and I believe kendo at one point. And I was asked to be the karate instructor for a period of time now. If you've spent any time with me, you know that I'm <laughs> I am more about the training and less about the well, let's put it this way. 
I'm not totally focused on getting more students or <laughs> putting ads in papers or dropping flyers. Maybe I'm a bit lazy like that. So we trained in the Budokan for about, I oh gosh, maybe a year and a half, and I don't think we had a single student walk through the door. But it was a wonderful period of time, and I got to experience a lot of really wonderful martial artists and made some really good friends. And also to do the Japan Week demonstration with the Judo and Jiu-Jitsu Club, which was always fun in the town hall. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I was very lucky to do that, and of course as part of that you get called upon to do demonstrations and I did a couple of demonstrations and um, it was cool but what was cool about it was that I got to spend time I guess in Sensei Tona's company and I think that my impression of him is that he was someone who was universally respected and someone who generally had a complete passion for karate, judo Aikido, uh, the, the Buddha life. He had done the temple walk in Japan and did so every year. He would return to the Kodokan on a regular basis as his health dictated and even competed in the master's division, senior master's division, until quite late in his life. And it's funny, you maybe you go to different martial arts stores and they're online now, but I just remember, I guess it's like... Back in the day, there used to be these things called records. If you're under, <laughs> if you're under thirty, you may need to look that up. But vinyl records, and the cool thing about it, there was a whole ritual to doing it. You go to the shop, you grab the vinyl, you go home, you clean it, you store it properly, and there was always a a bit of an interaction with the character who had the record shop. I guess for me, in terms of martial arts, Sensei Tona was the character who owned the record shop. And I feel really blessed to have spent a little bit of time with him, to have had the conversations that I had with him. And I think the thing that I'm taking forward into my life is the knowledge that it's never over. We can continue to learn, or we can fool ourselves with illusions of where we're at and that we don't need to train anymore. This is a gentleman who in an advanced stage in his life, still found time to put his gear on as often as possible. And I just want to say thank you to you, Sensei Tona. Even though we never trained together, I felt like I got an education every time we spoke. I remember one day sitting there and he took a photo out of his wallet and it was him sharing a meal with Masoyama Sensei and in uh, Japan, and this was like, I think, in the early 60s. Um, yeah, it was, he was an amazing man, and I think there's something to be said from learning from those who are senior to us. There's this real love in our culture of, the th of loving the things which are shiny and new and athletic and well-polished, for me, I grew up with my grandparents and I love spending time with our elders. And maybe it's a cultural thing, I'm Polynesian, so we have a, a focus on our elders. But I think if you are quiet long enough and your ears are open, we can learn so many things. 
and I feel that Sensei Patrick Toner was one of those, was a generation that was, I guess, a pioneer, or the pioneer, or a pioneer, one of the primo pioneers of martial arts in my country, and I feel very blessed and honoured to have spent some time with them. Don't take anything for granted. Don't take anyone for granted. If you have a sensei who is kind of, I don't know, getting to a certain point in their life and we become disparaging or dismissive of them, you know, it's us who loses. I've got another senior sensei, Sensei Kevin Shaw, working on Gorjuru, and every time I spend time with him, I train with him or I sit down and have a coffee or a tea or whatever, I feel like I've been privy to... A university lecture about the history of martial arts, karate, judo, and I come away the richer for it. So thank you Sensei Tona for teaching me and reminding me not to take the people in my life for granted and to realise that the journey continues as long as I'm on the road. Rest easy Sensei. I hope you've got your gear with you. I'm imagining training starts soon.